Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Welcome in. It's the Blue White Breakdown. An unlikely pairing for this one, I would say. That's sure. David Jones. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dave and I have a long history together, but just not of a lot of podcasts, right? Like not well, a lot I don't of... Know, but I don't know that I like the sound of that, Dustin. Could you the, rephrase that a little bit? The, the long history? Yeah. We're like, a, we're like an old married couple, I guess, but... <laughs> Dave and I were roommates on the road for a long time, uh, over a decade ago. And I like to believe, Dave, that I bring out your inner jackass. Well, if you'd like to, it doesn't take much bringing out, man. (laughs) If if that's true, then then everyone is very close to me because everyone. (laughs) We're going to talk about Big Ten Media Days a little bit. You You do your annual ranking of coaches and their performances at the podium. And what I've gone ahead and done just as a means to bring that to light is I've ranked what you've written about each coach from 14 to one. All right. This is just brings listicle to a new level. Doesn't it? Oh yeah. It's, it's a listicle within a listicle. It's, it's a, it's a Russian doll of listicles here. Um, you know, you know, you're gonna you're gonna give Gannett some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be great as a list you know, of you, lists. You know, the, the next roundtable meeting at Gannett. You know, I saw this guy. I saw this guy. He's Dustin Dusty something. And he had this great idea, and I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, your newspaper editor voice is pretty is pretty good, in the tone the tone of those things. We're, we're gonna. I gave it a long runway. Did you see? Yeah. yeah Friday morning. Did. Friday yeah. morning all the way through the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so Big Ten, let me ask you this about Big Ten Media Days, by the way. And I asked Bob the same thing beforehand. Um, how much do people, do you think people are interested in this event? And how self-important do you think this event oh, is? Oh, it's just such a dog and pony show. See, I haven't been to it in a dozen years. The last time they sent me, did, did Joe go, by the way? What happened? Is, was he there? I don't. I don't think he was, from what I can. T- from oh I can yeah, because I couldn't find any of his photos when I yeah. did that. All right, so it was Johnny and Bob. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Great I job by them, by the way. I haven't been there since they sent me out to make sure if Joe was lucid back in 2011, and that was that was his last year. He was 83, I think. The first Joe you referenced was Hermit. The second Joe you referenced was Paterno. Just to just to be clear. Yeah. I don't yes. know if Joe Hermit is lucid or not still. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was Joe Paterno. In that's, a, that's a very deft uh, clarification. That makes a lot of sense. But but yeah, I mean, I I haven't been there in a dozen years. But it seems to be getting worse as far as far as who they'll credential, which is basically anybody with a lanyard, and the stuff they ask, and 
it's like what <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 not I'm not mad that I don't go anymore because <laughs> it's just it, it used to be if you did you go to that before? Have you ever been I've, to I've never been to it and I and I think I agree with your assessment and I think you know like you're you're trying to stretch to make stuff relevant. You know like I, I don't know like if you're a Penn State beat writer, you get James Franklin. And it's been a little bit, I think, since people have talked to James Franklin. But this setting doesn't doesn't really lend itself to anything new, even from the people that you cover. Yeah, and then there's this dynamic too. There's about five schools, maybe, where they have firebomb coverage on from from twenty different outlets, led by Ohio State which has every cheerleader pom-pom waving website you can think of. And they're three hours away. So they all drive there in their Chevy Chevettes and, and, and probably some guys with gremlins. Um, and Some guys are with- gremlins, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you see a couple of them? Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're vermin. And they... they they are total cheerleaders, and the questions they ask are just ridiculous. But then you've got serious beat guys who can get as granular as possible because the fan bases will eat it up. I mean, Tim May was asking about the third-string quarterback. He was asking Ryan Day who was, who was going to be the third-string quarterback. He was serious, and fans will read this. So you've got those those schools, which would be, I don't know, um, who would be close to the problem is both the Indiana schools, they don't care about football at all. I mean, they're yeah. looking forward to the basketball season right now. Yeah. Uh, especially Purdue since since Jeff Brom is going Does, to doesn't live. doesn't Iowa usually send have I mean that's a No, that's a they don't good. have they don't like have a giant coverage. So it would be it, it really is Ohio State as far yeah. as that class because the other schools right around there uh, uh, Michigan is getting to that point but but Penn State would be except it's too it's kind of a far drive but there's yeah. still I'm, I'm sure tons of people from Penn State they yeah, get real so. granular to the point where they won't even ask questions like the Penn State guys did you see anyone any Penn State guys asking Franklin questions uh, no. When I watched, I couldn't really tell who was asking the question. No, well, I, I, yeah, I, I, they introduced themselves. And, yeah. and none of them, I don't remember, were Penn State guys because they want to keep their stuff pr- proprietary. They want to yeah. go off in the, in the uh, breakouts and pull James aside and say, you know, and so they can get something on their own, hopefully. Uh, Ohio State has so many guys and so many idiots that, that they, they just firebomb everything and they dominate their session with Day, which is kind of great for Day because he can get very, very nuts and bolts inside baseball with everything. And yeah. he, he's fine talking about that stuff, so it's great for Ryan Day. But then you get people like programs like Maryland. I mean, who in hell is going out from, from the Baltimore Sun or the Washington? But I don't think I, – I would – wonder if anyone was there from Maryland football. Again, it's a basketball school. They couldn't get enough questions from Mike Loxley. He got to within about two and a half minutes of his allotment, allotted time, 
and there were no more hands. So there. <laughs> hey, by by the way, what you wrote about Mike Loxley and your your assessment, like it's a really it's always a really fun piece, and I think. I think there's a there's a lot of um, perceptive things in in your when, when you talk about these guys at, at the podium, and I think the very fact that you write it it, it almost call it almost calls out um, not how unimportant, but how how kind of silly some of these things are. And I, I would say Big Ten Media Days the most important purpose it serves is the symbolism that football is almost here. <laughs> Like everybody but, knows when, when all when all when all these goofballs come to Indianapolis <laughs> to try to talk to coaches, it's just symbolic that July is coming to a close yeah. and August is almost here. See, see, Franklin calls December silly season because he has to deal with all the, the coaching speculation and yeah. the, which school he's going to now. Uh, so he doesn't like that. But to, in my mind, July and August, that's really silly season because you've got all these guys. and. They can they can ask anything, but sometimes the the guys with a sense of humor like Brett Bielema just run with questions and they don't miss a beat. And I find that really really funny because he got a question about the Barbie movie. He just yeah. slid right into it, you know. He, he's the best line from him was was, you know, I, I see a lot of Barbies. He's got a he's got, he's got a four and a six year old girl, which you would know about, and. He said, I see a lot of Barbies. Uh, don't get a lot of Barbie questions, so I appreciate the question. He said <laughs> a real deadpan, which is freaking fabulous, you know. Yeah. And, and then he's this huge guy, and, and saying this stuff deadpan was, was you know, it's, he's, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. This, this hasn't always been a popular opinion, but I, I love Brett Bielema. I did you know, it used to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I do love Brett Bielema, and I think um, I think you nailed it with with your assessment of of him being right where he belongs at Illinois. Um, <laughs> what I've done, Dave, is just you know, to like, give a little you know people what he a little. Grow up as you know what that? his dad did. What's that? He was a pig farmer. Oh yeah, he looked. He looked, Brett Bielema would look dynamite shirtless in a he pair was of overalls when, when he was ten. I mean, that is not an exaggeration. That's true. He would look unbelievable shirtless in a, in a pair of overalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I've done, and I wanted to get to it, is just I, I ranked your uh, your writing on each of the fourteen coaches, and some of this depends on what the coaches give you. So that's not it's not uh, an indictment of you to say that this is your the the least interesting one. But I'm going to go from fourteen to one. All right, just real quick and touch on what you said about each of these coaches. Yeah, and if right? people don't know what this column is, it's kind of a celebration of superficial salesmanship, yeah. which at at the same time is incredibly shallow and yet incredibly important to sell the program. It's what they yeah. do. Yeah, it's what the the guys who are most successful do. Um. So. I've got at 14, Ryan Walters, Purdue's new coach. Um, I think the best – and what you did is paint a picture of just how, how sobering the, fu- the future is of <laughs> Purdue football. But he looked dynamite in the black undershirt, black, <laughs> with, gold, with gold accents. He did. did he? he did. He did. But he? I, yeah. I think um, it, it's accurate, but – uh, but you know, it just kind of is a tough situation for Ryan Walters. Well, uh, next I've got you, Mel Tucker you, you, Jr. You cash in, you cash in when you can. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's going to make, I'm, I'm trying to pull up his contract. I don't know what he's making, but he's, he's certainly going to make, oh my God. Five-year contract with a starting baseline salary of four million. Woo! I mean, this is the money that's being thrown out. So yeah. this kid, and he is a kid. I mean, he's thirty-something, and he was a DC, a great DC under Bielema at Illinois, and and he hasn't even been a coordinator that long. And all of a sudden, boom! He's a head coach making a serious coin, and he knows it's probably an impossible job. But he was right next door. He barely has to move. Illinois and Purdue, people don't know, or they're almost right next to each other. The yeah. two closest schools in the league in proximity. So his family wouldn't even have to leave. And all of a sudden, he's making $4 million a year. You know what you're in for, and yet you do it. You'll probably fail. Who cares? You know, yeah. it's gravy. It's gravy. But you're set. But yeah, you're, set. you're set for life. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't fail, then yeah. you're on to something bigger. Oh, my God. You know, you can name your price, especially all you got. All you got to do is you show up to Purdue, you don't fail. You write, you write your own check. Yes, but everyone fails except Jeff Brom, and I don't know how he did that. And it's interesting, <laughs> like Jeff Brom did not permanently elevate that coaching job. You know, like he he, he didn't permanently Isn't elevate. Isn't that yeah, interesting? It is. Because Purdue is what it is. Yeah, Purdue and, football and, is like Penn State basketball. They are one and the same. They're the opposite sport of what everyone cares about. And everyone knows that. Now, Nebraska has sucked for how long now? How many years has Nebraska sucked? And yet they go out and throw the big coin at a big name, Matt Rule. Well, yeah. Purdue gets, uh, hey, you, come on over here. <laughs> you, hey, were, you. Yeah, were you? we want you to be the head coach. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's what's going on there. I mean, that's what's your, what's your name, Walter Ryan? Yeah, you're yeah, hired. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, fine here. <laughs> Were you surprised that Scott Frost didn't have success at Nebraska? Yes. It's, it seemed like such a good marriage. It did. I mean, who? Turns out the guy wasn't all that bright. <laughs> 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 you know, you know what, what, what Buffalo blames? Jinxie the black that? cat. Because I handed, if I could pull it up real quick, I'd, I'd show it to you. I handed him the the FWAA Coach of the Year Award when I was president in 2017 when he was at Central Florida. And ever oh. since that day, which and was so January began, 8, 9, 20, so 2018 or something, the, downward the world spiral. going to shit for him. You know, it's just, <laughs> just everything's gone to hell. And it's true. I mean, yeah. it's the only explanation. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, there was a, a time when we were in old, our old – Harrisburg office that on the wall of my cubicle, I had um, something that you wrote. Nick that called, called it a petition. A, what's that? Petition, like a like a petition you sign. Yeah, oh, yeah a like partition. a partition. Yeah. Is that yeah. what he was? Called it a petition. Yeah. So on on my petition, I had a piece that you wrote earlier. What was what year of the Phillies won the World Series? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, there was something earlier in the season that you <laughs> led off with. Jimmy Rollins just shot the Phillies World Series chances to hell. And right next to it, I have a picture of Jimmy Rollins holding the World Series trophy. So the, the power is real, I think, is, is what I'm saying. On one road trip to Syracuse, about a month before, we Penn State played at the Carrier Dome, which is named after an air conditioning company, but there was no air conditioning in the Carrier Dome. It was like the surface of mercury in there. 
enclosed. In, in, in <laughs> it was a, a pleasant afternoon. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And it was like 88 outside. It was like a day like today. No air conditioning in the carrier dome. On that road trip, I single-handedly, what was it? There were three things. You remember the worldwide financial crisis was just unfolding. Yeah. I, I said America was never going to recover from it, that it would take years and years. Well, the Dow turned around from 6,800 to like 11,000 within two years. So that was true. That was wrong. I said it was going to, that, that Sarah Palin was dumber than rocks, but she was charismatic and she was going to be the end of Obama's candidacy that, that McCain was going to win. <laughs> and Nailed I it. said, yeah. I said, and remember the Phillies were kind of fading. And I said, the Phillies were dead all on the road trip, all in the car. Yeah, those three things. Yeah. What, yeah. what a fateful road trip. Do me a favor. Can you uh, real quick, just say Dustin Hawkins with is never going to be the head coach of Purdue's football program. <laughs> just can you just say that for me real quick? I have to believe it. I have to really <laughs> believe it. So it doesn't work that way. I, I, just tell people, I have to make a, a very bold, loud proclamation that I really believe. It's happened yeah. in the press box for people who don't understand this. I, I'm known as Jinxie the Black Cat. And yeah. anytime that I make a loud, bold proclamation that something is never going to happen in the press box or on the road or anywhere, it happens right away it, within, within nanoseconds. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is that you have no shortage of loud, bold proclamations. That's what's beautiful about it. It's not like me, like I never say anything loud or bold. So, you know, it's like not, if I had that power, it'll be rarely used. But you and, have and, that power and you just blast it. And Boflo has a sense for it when it's happening, as it's happening. And whenever I say something <laughs> like that and he waits until I really mean it because I get very sanctimonious, you know, right? well, that's the wrong word. I get very vehement yeah. when I say these things. And he, he all he'll do is go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after, you know, the, the, it'll be the next play. Something will happen like an yeah. 80 yard play the other way. And they don't go, wow. Wow. <laughs> He does a really good cat too, which is, yeah, he's had a lot of practice. Yeah. Let me bring this back to the big 10 coaches. Cause I, uh, Mel Tucker jr. What, what you had to say about him was basically like, he looks like he shouldn't be afraid of anything, but he's afraid right. of public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan day. Other a, than. Did you ever that? have a, like a teacher, like a big football coach or something in your high school? who looked like, you know, just a badass and he was fine with interpersonal relationships and, you know, bus around people. But if he got behind a microphone at a student assembly or something, he just got rigid. That, that's, that's Mel Tucker. That's Mel. Well, listen, yeah. I went to Susquehanna where everybody looks like Brett Bielema. So <laughs> yeah, yes and no. I forgot you did. <laughs> I, where, you know, I graduated in a class of like 140 and 138 of us went on to become pig farmers. So. Was Frank... <laughs> Was Frank Snyder Jr. the coach then? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, chip off the old block, yeah. Yeah. But you didn't grow up in Perdix. You grew up in... Uh, in um, Re regretfully. Regretfully. Yeah. <laughs> I spent the night in Perdix once. And <laughs> I at a friend's about, house. I won't ask about that night. No. <laughs> what happens in Perdix? You know what they say about that. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what happened. Nope. And, and this is Perdix is actually a relevant place because I think Penn State fans, if they if they got a little creative in their route 
to State College and tried to trim off some of 322, you might have driven through Perdix before. And driving through Perdix is like driving along the side of a cliff where on one side, you got the mountain people. You don't want to tangle with the mountain people. And on the other side of the road are the you river got- people. And, and what are they like? Are they different? Uh, river people are different. Yeah. Yeah. River, wow. they, they, catch, they catch their own dinner. They, <laughs> how, how is that different? They both eat pork and beans out of a can, you know? <laughs> well, I do too. But no, ri- river people, like there's something different about a, a group of people who know that their, their home could come under the attack of water at any point. <laughs> Well, we could say wooder here, but okay, your point yeah. is well taken. Yeah. So, but but you just don't go up on the mountain. Is that what you say? I think that's I think that's fair. It's There's like, no easy way get, to get up. You can't accidentally get up on the mountain. Well, I've taken eleven fifteen, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. To a or is that just fifteen or just eleven? I forget. That's uh, it's still eleven. It's eleven and fifteen still there. Yeah. yeah. When you take that, in the old days, you took that when the river would overflow, when there was flooding. And, you know, people like Bob Hafer say, well, you could take Love 15, you go, you go over the bridge at Pillow, and then you're, you're going to be, you're going to be there. There was a town up there called Blue Ball, and he'd have had like back roads you could take up to the Penn State, or if there was a big accident. Because, you know, if there's a big accident on 322, PennDOT's going to shut that down for like four days. So yeah. no one's no one passes. Yeah. So yeah. I've taken I've taken that route. Yeah. And PennDOT also, it's a lot of football Saturdays. They they go ahead and do some road work. Of course. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's per it's perfect. <laughs> Let me, do you, so you and I are having this conversation and it's recorded. It's gonna it's gonna go out uh, on these <laughs> on these platforms. Is anybody interested? In this? I don't know. It's okay. I, I don't it's know. It's okay. I mean, when I retire, I'm gonna be a flag man. So I'm gonna be okay with all those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's gonna be listen. I, let's let's get one. I want to get one nugget about each Big Ten coach before we get too far down the road. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mel Tucker, that the Mel Tucker thing was great. Ryan Day, other than him looking like Harry Connick Jr., I think the 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 fact that he's so at home answering the smallest football questions and the fact that he gets those questions uh, is interesting. And I guess there's a reason he gets those questions at 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 something like this because well, they I know. You don't, I mean, how do you? Like, There's you know, no minutia. There is no minutia too small for Ohio State football fans. I yeah. Mean, none. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you can talk inside baseball forever, which is perfect. But, yeah. you know, the you have to walk the line of being able to ask a question that is relevant, that people really want to know, that it challenges them versus one that you think there's a probability that the coach will answer. Right, like how how do you walk that line? He'll he'll answer that question about minutia. Well, but I'm sure he won't answer certain questions. Well, well, the the best coaches are slick enough to bullshit through it if they don't want to answer, and it, it sounds like a, a sounds like a civil answer, so you don't get yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. Now, if, if, back in the days of Bob Knight, or to an extent when Jim Harbaugh was a young a young man, we got him the first couple of years. He would, you know, he would he would contend with you on things, and Bob Knight would, if if you asked him a question that he didn't particularly like, he would just mock you. But Ryan Day would never do that, you know. Yeah. Bob Knight would say, "Well, I would expect that you would ask a a better question than that, but then you're in a profession 
where uh, it, it, your, your job is to, to be a writer. And I think most of us learned how to do that when we were five and moved on to something else. And that, that was his like, that was his <laughs> attitude. So, so and Ryan, Day, Ryan Day is never going to mock anybody's too nice. Guess he couldn't make it finger painting. <laughs> yeah. Um, who embarrassed you the most? What coach has embarrassed you the most? It seemed like Joe Paterno always wanted to embarrass you no matter no, what. No, he was playing. He was playing. That's what people didn't understand. He liked, he liked to scrap. And he liked the back and forth. And he, if he wasn't going to answer a question, and, you know, when I was younger, I used to take too long asking questions because I thought I could corner him. And I, you know, I'm 35 or something, 33. And I remember, well, well I remember one time in 20, 2000 at Big Ten Media Days. And even then, people were wondering when he's going to retire. And I thought I could couch the question in such a way where he would, I would have to get some sort of comment from him about whether he had an exit plan. And I'm taken forever. It's like a 20 second. When you're young, you don't know how to ask direct questions. Um, and I'm taking too long and I'm saying, I'm going blathering on and on. And finally he says, <laughs> Jones, the only retirement I'm interested in is yours. And the place just explodes. <laughs> explodes with like 150 guys all laughing at once. And I'm, I'm smiling. You know, it's funny. It's funny. And I'm laughing. I'm not laughing, but I'm smiling. And then the, the laughter dies down. And then he says, and I can't wait. <laughs> so you're, laughter, you know, you're, so. you're, you're waiting like, okay, the laughter dies down. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get, he's going to get to my question. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 And Andy no. Bagnato actually wrote about it in the Chicago Tribune the next day. And he called me the pesky reporter from <laughs> the Harrisburg Patriot news. And I say, Andy, what is that pesky? It's like a schnauzer is pesky. pesky. And he said, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> what what adjective do you think, or if someone were to write that story and include you in it tomorrow, what would the adjective still be pesky, or would it be like? I would prefer acerbic. Acerbic. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I don't know if anyone would use that. Yeah. Probably probably just demented, deranged. Yeah. That's all. All those are all those seem accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Greg Schiano from Rutgers, what you said about him was that Rutgers is no, no closer to where they want to be now. And I couldn't agree more yeah. than when he got the job, but that he, he doesn't, he doesn't carry himself that way. No, he's faking it until he makes it. Yeah. You, is that, is that a Gen X phrase? And I was trying to nail, uh, I never heard it until about, I feel like it's been around longer than, than Gen X. What, which one is Gen, Gen X? Yeah, I think you're Gen X. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, a, I'm like in, in between generations. What are you, 40 old. what? 41. Oh, you might be Gen Y. I'm not sure. But you're, I, I, it seemed like I never heard it until then. But, but that's, that's what he's doing. And I thought he would make it by now. I thought he would have yeah. them in the middle of the pack, that middle echelon with Minnesota, Maryland. I thought they'd be like Maryland. Well, they're not like Maryland. They're, they're still Rutgers. And I thought and they I, would be like I, Rutgers basketball, like Steve Peichel has lifted Rutgers basketball in a competitive realm here. And I thought they would be like that. They're not. 
David Braun from Northwestern. Oh, uh, my favorite thing about what you wrote about him, and, and you you gave him he, he, it's it's an impossible situation that it, he's it, in. It's not impossible. It's impossible. I mean, yeah. what a sad story. But uh, you can always see like what, when you're try like you're trying to act forceful, right? Yeah. Like you're trying yeah. to say I've got command of the and, you and his it? phrase Did and you and you you. Uh, you you pluralized, let me be clears, the number of times that he said that phrase. And that says it all. <laughs> oh, I think you're clear. Yeah. Yeah. You're, okay. you're, you're clear. Yeah. You're clearly clear. over your head there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Luke Fickle, uh, your conclusion about him and Wisconsin is that he's, he's built up to this and he is, not, he is not messing around. This is a serious project for him. Uh, not a project, but a serious venture for him to, to take Wisconsin to where and, they want to go. And he's a serious hire. Yeah. And see, that's the difference between Nebraska and Wisconsin programs with serious gravitas, even though they've been kind of on the rocks here, Wisconsin for a, a year or two, but Nebraska for like a decade. But they're not going to get be knocked sideways. They're going to go out and make major hires for their football jobs while Purdue goes and gets uh, – Walter Ryan, come over here. Uh, yeah. Are you a coach? Yeah, okay. Uh, and yet they're going to give him $4 million. But they Purdue, it's half of what Purdue's capable of doing and half, I still don't know how they got Jeff Brom and then kept him through one wave of, of um, hiring threat from Louisville, which is his alma mater. Yeah. I can't believe they kept him that long. But that's what these lower-level programs are fighting and it's what Wisconsin can do. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Wisconsin was one of those programs. Before Barry Alvarez got there in the early 90s, they were Indiana. They were Purdue. They hadn't been worth a damn in decades, all the way back to Ron Van, Ron Vander Kellen. Do you even know who he is? He was the coach in the six, he was the quarterback in the 62 Rose Bowl, Dustin. <laughs> I, your Wisconsin accent's not bad. Yeah, well, it's, I've been there a few times, uh, but yeah. but now they're not, and they've been thirty years as one of the very most competitive teams in the Big Ten, and their fans demand it. They've got a great place to play. It's probably the most fun place to go see a game in the whole league, and they have expectations. And they went and got uh, the thing about Luke Fickle is I had not really paid attention to him. Um, in a press conference setting since he had been the interim coach at Ohio State a dozen years ago. I mean, I realized how great what he did at Cincinnati was, and it was. It was fabulous. But when I remembered him, he was just this very fidgety. He's doing this and, you know, doing this. And Let me be and, clear. And he was, he, he, you could almost see him sweat up there in 2011. That was the last Big Ten media days I went to. And I went and fished it out. And it's amazing the difference yeah. in 12 years between Luke Fickle then and Luke Fickle now. And that's what happens when you rise to the, the ascend to the pinnacle of your profession and then really achieve. It gives you all sorts of confidence. So you got to fake it till you make it. That's what he did. And I think I feel like Greg Schiano, we're, we're going to be like. Ten, it, we're going to be ten more years down the road, and Rutgers is five, five and seven. They're going to hang they, with him, though. They they still don't have a quarterback or any offensive skill guys. 
And that's the funny thing about Rutgers is like you you can maximize what you have, and that's great. I think Shiano is really good at that. But if you don't have any any players, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. And they just made Gavin Wimsett the starter. Uh, now he just yeah. named him the starter, and he ain't he ain't the guy. I don't I don't know what you think, but. He ain't the guy, but they don't have any choice. So he's trying to well, give them confidence. You know? Now's not the time that you name starters, though. Ask James Franklin. No. This is when the competition no. begins right James now. James Franklin certainly wouldn't. Because <laughs> he's got the opportunity to have a quarterback competition, and that's what we're Obviously. 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 Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, you'll catch me every time. When you call him old shark face, I'll, I'll, I'll take that bait every single time. I love that. Um, but he's just such, he's such a weird guy. So, so this kid, uh, what was the, what is the kid from D- uh, the Des Moines register? And I was 20 something. And I think it was his first, uh, foray into the media days and he's a little sweaty and nervous and he's, uh, but he gets the question out. It's a good question. He wants to know what JJ McCarthy learned from Cade McNamara, who is now the Iowa quarterback. And I think is a very important addition to Iowa, but this kid's covering Iowa. He doesn't really want to know about Michigan. Most coaches would clue into that. They would give the kid what he wants about Cade McNamara. And the question was ostensibly about close competitions at one position and how they can make both guys better. The next thing, you know, he gives them 20 seconds of that with McNamara and McCarthy. And then five minutes later, He's going through the entire Michigan roster talking about that. And we had a real good competition at tight end and with those guys and, and, and fullback. And, it's not, you know, he's, he's in stream of consciousness mode and you can't get him off the tracks once, once he's on it. It's just, he's a weird dude. He's, he's and it just, I, I know, like, I, I'm sure he's a little different, but I've always kind of pictured like me and my family, like I'm, I'm a four-star quarterback. Uh, me and my family, Jim Harbaugh comes in the living room. I just can't imagine having like a spectacular conversation that makes me want to <laughs> play for him. Well, but, you're starstruck, so maybe you're not really listening to what he's saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 may, maybe he's a lot better in that setting. Like yeah, I, I feel like I feel like some coaches sabotage their media opportunities because they don't care, and there's no benefit to saying something interesting. Yeah, Mel Tucker. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He didn't care. He didn't care. He's not. He's not very good in front of a behind a mic, but he still doesn't care. Jim Harbaugh is just on a different wavelength than most of us. He's remember that scene in Seinfeld where it's the ugly baby uh, scene out on on, on Long Island. <laughs> yeah, and Elaine's trying to impress the doctor, but he's he's great looking, but he's just strange and yeah, and he's looking <laughs> up at the stars like this. <laughs> And then the, doesn't the, the doctor talks about how beautiful the baby is, right? All right, the time. Right, yeah, Just yeah. keep it keeps and coming back to that. She's yeah, she says, some ugly baby, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> some <laughs> snuggly baby. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it's, that's it's a good comparison about how like how off-putting the conversation. Well, you know, uh, Harbaugh, be. I predicted there's another proclamation here, but I almost hit this. I was this close. I predicted when he was hired in 2015 that Michigan would never win a Big Ten title. And the, the rationale was that I thought with D'Antonio, Franklin, and then Urban Meyer in the same division, very different guys, he wouldn't be 
he wouldn't adapt well enough to be able to to beat all three because he's not an adaptable coach. He does what he does. Does yeah. smash mouth, and that's what he's good at. And he's got the roster now to do it. But but for years, it didn't work out, and he could not beat Ohio State. Um, he lost to Penn State a couple times. He had all sorts of problems with Michigan State. And it was a tough division. And then the one year they've got it on the platter in 2016, he goes into Iowa and loses a smash mouth game because his quarterback can't make plays. And, and he's just not that – he's intractable. So if, if, he, if you remember, he went into after the 2020 season, the COVID season, they wanted him out of there. You remember that? They wanted yeah. him gone. Ward Manuel wanted him gone. They actually, and, and he, he went to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think even it, it, he had an interview there and they, were, they wanted to hire him. But he screwed up the interview. I mean, everyone, the, the stuff that came out of that interview was that he was just too weird. And they went, we couldn't even understand what the guy was talk, talking about. Or he, I would have hit that prediction because he would have been off to the Vikings. And Michigan wanted him gone. They wanted to, to, to sever ties. And Ward Manuel got him to take a lower contract. They restructured his contract. People don't remember that. And then all of a sudden he beats Ohio State twice and goes to college football playoff. And so now, like, the strength of his program is that he's not trying to be what everybody else is trying to be. He's, the, he's a matchup problem yeah, for everybody. The, the strength and the weakness. Yeah. But right, right. in the last couple of years, he's hit a sweet spot where Ohio State started thinking the sport was track and field. And so did Penn State. Penn State, I think, always has had that problem where their defense can't hold a lead because they're just not physical enough up front. They're not physical enough in the trenches. And they've had all those leads against Ohio State and just either, either their, their, their defensive backfield collapsed or they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback when they really needed it. And Michigan has bullied them a couple times. So he, he had a sweet spot where both of them were a little too, um, I don't I want to say ethereal, but finesse teams. Ohio State and Penn State have been a little too much finesse and speed and athletes. And Michigan hit a sweet spot there where they could pound them in the face. And it worked. And they have just enough athletes. I think for a while, Josh Gaddis. Uh, progressed the offense to a point where they, they opened it up just enough. And Sharon Moore did last year, uh, the offensive coordinator, because Gaddis got pissed off that he couldn't be the uh, coordinator. And Harbaugh has managed to not be a liability in the way he can be intractable. His strength is the strength of the league now. And I don't know if that'll change, but I think Ohio State and Penn State have gotten the message. I don't know if they can change. But yeah. they're going to have to beat them at scrimmage to beat them. Going to have to. And it's like it's it's like a battle of resolve. And Michigan's been been preparing for that particular battle. Yeah. All summer, all spring, all off season. They got a better. They got a better infantry, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do. Yep. And if if they're able to impose their will, like you you need the game flow to not to not go in Michigan's favor. You need to put them down ten nothing early. Make them uh, play or for else you. Yeah, you can you 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 force them out of that. Um, how about Matt Rule at Nebraska? I, I like what you said about him just being you know just genuinely conversational and gen, just authentically interesting. But 
Can I've always su- liked Can that. he be successful there? Yeah, he can. Um, he's what they needed. And, yeah. you know, when you talk about Frost, you think you need the favorite son who understands the place. But you really need, at this point in Nebraska, a smart guy because it's not 1999 anymore. Um, and Rule's a much smarter guy than Scott Frost was. I mean, remember this. <laughs> ESPN's gotten rid of a lot of people lately, but they were so flush with cash for a while there. When Scott Frost was hired, I remember seeing, I don't even know who she was. She, she was like some student reporter that sent out to Nebraska, and it was this time of year. and. She is like talking like up talk and she's talking about, I've been told that Scott Frost, if Scott Frost can't make it work, nobody can make it work. (laughs) 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 I sent this around to everybody (laughs) and, and that's what I thought. But you start thinking about it. They need kind of an overhaul of thinking. They need someone who's both creative enough in the way they play, but doesn't neglect the roots of what that program is. Because those people there have been so loyal. And there are kids in that state who want to play for Nebraska. They still love Nebraska football. It doesn't have any pro sports. It doesn't have any. It's the sport. What, not, not since the Kansas City Omaha Kings of the NBA in the 70s, who Tiny Archibald played for. That was their only pro team, only major league pro team ever, ever. But they, um, I think they got the right guy now because he's a genuine guy. I've always liked him. Um, he, he was kind of a, a ham and egger at Penn State when he was a, a linebacker. And then at Temple, I really got to know him because I would go down to 11th and Diamond, take the train down there because it's easy for me in Downingtown. And go see practice, go talk to him before the season or before a big game, like they were played Notre Dame or the Penn State game in, in 2015. They, they, all, they were right in the game with when Notre Dame was really good that year. I mean, he did amazing things there. And then he did it again at Baylor. I mean, can you think of two more opposite places than North Philly and Waco? And he did, and they were both destitute. They were both at the bottom. His first season at Baylor, they were 1-11. You know how bad Temple has been. And, and he got them both up to a really high level. Now, I just don't think he's an NFL guy. I always had questions of whether he could do it with the Panthers, because but he got a huge contract. Uh, he made out like a bandit. So you're not going to say no, because that, uh, that billionaire owner was just handing him money. But I don't think he fits there. I think he's got kind of a younger, bubblier, pepperier personality. And I think he fits in college football. He loves college football. And this is a college football mecca. It still is as sucky as they've been for a decade. It's still a place that loves the sport. And he loves the sport. Matt Rule loves college football. He really does. And that is a powerful connector. So he said uh, yesterday, whichever day he talked, that he wants Nebraska kids on the team. And he suggested, he said, they suggested even if they're fringe players, even if they're guys who might not help them too much, he wants a certain volume of those guys there. Because not only do they understand the place, but they love Nebraska football. They wanted to play there all their lives. 
and they can be inclusive with all the kids they might get from Dallas or Miami who are maybe better athletes. And he'll recruit them. He'll recruit, he'll recruit those areas. Um, Mike Riley tried to recruit California. I just don't think that was <laughs> the right tack to Nebraska because he was a California guy. He was coached at Oregon State forever. That didn't work. But I think you can certainly recruit Texas. Tom Osborne did that. Um, I think you can recruit parts of the South. So what he said is when you get these kids from other areas in there, they'll take them home, take them to see their parents. They'll have steak and corn on the cob and, and love them up. And they'll become part of the community. I mean, he's a very shrewd guy that way. Matt Rule is a smart guy. He, he knows the game. He loves the game. I think they got the right guy. Uh, Tom Allen at Indiana, um, mm. our favorite gym teacher is what is <laughs> everyone's favorite gym teacher. Uh, su- the suggestion that Indiana that, is- that taught you about jock straps and what they do, you know, when yeah. you were 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can, no, I, one, I can d- no one's going to be in my gym class without a jock strap. Now you get your parents <laughs> to do it. You don't want to do it. You go with them and, and we'll teach you how to use it. You but know, you know the difference between Tom Allen and a gym teacher is he will make you want to run through a wall to go get a jock strap. <laughs> you will embrace that jock strap. I think he's a little worn out. I mean, that job will wear you down. It's it's Penn State basketball. Really, Indiana football is Penn State basketball more than yeah. Purdue. Purdue's had some success. Indiana football is Penn State basketball. Uh, Mike Loxley, uh, you talked about how he led with a, a story about returning from the Virgin Islands. And the your, your, the final thing you wrote about him will just punch you in the face. It's that he's making enough money that he can get, go back to the Virgin Islands and sharpen up that story so it's better yeah. next time around. I kept waiting for the metaphor to click in and there just wasn't, any, you know, like you're at a party and somebody tries to tell like a three minute joke that shouldn't be doing it. And then people yeah. don't even realize the punchlines arrived because. The, yeah. Is, yeah. And the, the, the okay. longer, like one of your questions, the longer, the, the longer, the, the buildup is the, the higher the expectations become that the punchline is going to be great. So when it's not, it's a huge letdown. <laughs> You're listening to Locks and you're going, did he just, and, and he coached my nephew. He's a really nice guy. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, he coached, my nephew was his quarterback for a while, but the first year when they had no offensive line. So he is a nice guy, but don't try that anymore. I mean, uh, <laughs> he probably and I, I, I just picture him like with his family, with his wife saying, no, 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 listen, I've got just the thing. <laughs> and his wife's telling like, him, Mike, it's like no if right run it mike run it by me first it's like nope if i if i say it first it's going to lose its freshness and i want to make sure that i believe it when i say it he should have rehearsed it a bit should have rehearsed it a bit that's lax um brett brett bielema you you mentioned him earlier he's uh he's got young daughters uh you you did not say this earlier but he's he said he's probably going to go see the barbie movie uh, but right now he's in mermaid mode. <laughs> <laughs> now you had to have laughed, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause like that, that hit, that hits for me. That hits for me. Yeah. And how old, how old's your, your, your first, how uh, old is she's, she now? She's About 10. That age. Oh, she's I 10. thought she was like eight. Okay. Six. Yeah. She, she's, the, I've got, I've got a 10 year old and an eight and an eight month old. And yeah. I'll tell you what. You're past the mermaid stage. Yeah. But you went yeah. through it. Yeah. I went, I, oh, I, and and I went through the, you know, with, with young daughters, like these incredibly, you know, 
princess type things. Like I found myself getting so unbelievably excited when I saw like a, a display for frozen or uh, whatever she was into. Like, it's like, Oh, Oh, like I light up when she's not around when I see those things. Cause I want her to light up when I bring that stupid toy home or, or whatever. So that I've been, I've been in mermaid mode. That means you're a good dad. But the funny part about Brett, but you could look at you and say, well, he could be a, he could be a daughter dad easily. Uh, but yeah. you look at Brett Bielema and I mean, he's this giant, sweaty 340 pound overpacked suitcase of a man and i'm and, on my way there dave i'm on my way to 340 <laughs> but hilarious and he didn't miss a beat he didn't miss a beat yeah which man. is which is awesome yeah and i can just imagine people asking me about my fathering in a in a setting like that uh <laughs> Asking about father and girls, and I think yeah, it's just like you completely throw you sideways. And uh, I was here to talk about football. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a mermaid mode. I mean, mermaid mode. Like that's that's just a, that's like a man who has personality there. Who can? No, the, the best part was he says, uh, "I I haven't seen Barbie. I've seen a lot of Barbies, uh, but I uh, we haven't seen Barbie yet. But uh, I I know Barbie, and uh, so I appreciate the question." <laughs> And it, it's it's spoken with the same tone as if as if somebody asked him about a third playing seven offensive linemen at a time. <laughs> Listen, I I played offensive line. I can appreciate the question. Like I, it's the same tone as as that. Um, what you said about James Franklin, I was really curious what you were going to say about him. Uh, and it's a really astute observation, I think. Is now you've got 2023 James versus 2014 James. And you, you ended up kind of concluding that I, you missed the salesman. Yeah. You know, J- James you? is good in these settings. Do you? But I, I do. I do. We used to mock the salesman and crack about it. But, but we used, I, and this I is what you have, get. This is what you get from it. I know. <laughs> I kinda, Careful what you wish for. I kind of have some nostalgia of the James Franklin that would not be undersold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to take? For me to put you in a new Hyundai today, what's it going to take? It's it's like you you need James Franklin to be up at the podium with one of those inflatable car car dealership things fl- flying around. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to put you in a Penn State uniform today? It's going to get done. It, yeah. We just need to know what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, I think it just ten years. Like I think we all probably evolve over ten years, especially if you're in an incredibly public job where uh, there are not hardcore consequences, but there are things that come from when you make a bold proclamation. I think James was early on was in, you know, like I've got that new coach energy. I'm sell, I'm selling how unstoppable we're going to be. Like I'm going to ride that new coach energy. Uh, he's, he said things that ended up on bulletin boards about, you know, New Jersey and Maryland might as well be, you know, Pennsylvania because of the way that they're going to recruit the place. And I think he learned how to not get himself. I forgot in trouble. he said that. He, he did yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he went in the opposite direction where he was too, uh, too reflective when he said the great versus elite thing, like Ohio State's elite were great. You know, that was a little bit too that was, reflective. That's the only time I've seen him come off the rails. Yeah. Because he really did. That's yeah. the only time I can see him. I can remember him really angry. That was 2018 after the Ohio State game, where they blew another double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and couldn't hold on. Yeah. And and 
Trace McSorley played a great game, a, a great game. That was the fourth and five game. That was the yeah. fourth and five game. Yeah. And he knew. He knew he screwed up. And he knew he was going to be blamed. And he knew it was right there. It was right there. And he just came undone. And he never comes undone. That's the yeah. thing about the guy. The guy is very crafted. And he's a psychology major from school. And he never comes undone. And all of a sudden, he was George Costanza. You know, I can't get the thing off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it he, he does remain in command of situations and that's why you know when he is speaking at a microphone now he's in such command of the situation that it almost it gets in the way of him saying anything that blow that blows your mind because you you kind of anticipate what he's going to say right like that you anticipate wh- how he's going to spin yeah i mean once in a while he just has fun because I think he's bored with these things. There's no more sales pitch because he's realized that he never had to sell anyone on it at all. Um, but, but sometimes like if, uh, start asking me a question, like I'm Franklin, just, just make up a question. Uh, James, how close would you say Bo Prabola is? Are, that, are, those, are those new earbuds you got there? Are those new? <laughs> I'm trying to see they're, they're, those, they look like, He'll do these things that 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 he he's just messing with you, but he wants to kind of throw you off or something. And he's playful with it. It doesn't have any real ill intent. Yeah. But he just gets bored with the situation now. And I think he has to spice it up. Yeah, he'll do stuff like that. And he he it's a way like you can't show personality and talk honestly about your team because that gets you in trouble. You give too much information. But you can show personality and talk about the reporters and stuff like that. And in fact, the I think one of the, the funnest moments of the press conference is he said somebody looked like your little brother. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, yeah. Looks like oh, Dave Jones' little brother. He was like, somebody take the, a picture. I saw the tweet. Okay, yeah, he said, he, he said it. So, he said, somebody take a picture so you, you can show him. That was just some dork from some website in Michigan. Well, I, I mean, have you seen yourself I'm going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen that. yourself lately? That, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh. zing. Dustin Hawkins. Dustin straight from Manola. Dustin Hawkins. <laughs> I'll be here all week at the Sheraton Airport. Let's bring it back. Yeah. So Dave, Dave Jones's little brother was there asking questions and uh, and he pointed that out. So, mm-hmm. but I'm, I miss the salesman too. Kirk Ferentz. Have you seen, by the way, um, somebody shared this like, uh, artificial intelligence of like what people from each state would look like. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't any well, black people. Did you see there aren't any black people? Oh, interesting. Because it's based on it's ba- There aren't any people of color really. I don't think it's based on Europeans input of what they've been led to believe. Uh, it was European AI, so it's all based on their input of what what Americans are led to believe. And did you see one, one of them was just Brett Bielema? Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> is that Iowa? <laughs> it, it could be any of the Midwestern yeah. states. You could yeah, you could yeah. show me Brett Bielema, I'd be like, bingo. I, I like the guy from Idaho sitting with the giant potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but and, and what's funny is like, not only did did that European uh, intelligence never see somebody from Idaho. They've never seen a potato either. Yeah. Oh, uh, what? Well, I think in Ireland they've seen some potatoes. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, but how how are you portraying a potato being so large? Yeah. Well, it could be in Idaho. Have you seen the potatoes in Idaho? 
Uh, I have. Maybe, the, maybe I'm back, the ignorant one. Yeah. Getting back to Ferentz, um The, or, or the AI, like he, he's artificial time. intelligence of what you think a 25-year hired, tenured college football coach should say. Right. Yeah, like just, that's just a string of key phrases all yeah. run together and, and yeah. in a monotone last year, the year before Anna, my wife, Anna was, I was listening to big 10 media day. It was either last year or the year before, and she's sports illiterate and doesn't care. And I like it that way. And it's great. Our worlds are separate, but equal, but, but not, she does, isn't plugged in. It doesn't care to be. And she doesn't listen or pay attention to anything that's sports. It's like kind of an annoyance for her. And I've been watching these coaches. She's making breakfast. And all of a sudden, she comes to and says, who is that guy? What, what, what's, what's wrong with him? He sounds like a machine. And it was Kirk, Kirk Ferentz. You know, she, even she noticed what a monotone he has. Yeah. You know, you know what surprised me about Kirk was was how he chimed in on the faking injury thing that that Iowa fans were all bent out of shape about. I I was I was surprised he weighed in with with the thought there and and really believed that too. Well, uh, he's feeding the beast out there. I mean, it's like a politician feeding his base, and it was all yeah. bullshit. I went back and looked at each injury, and they were all legitimate injuries. Every single one of them. It was a hard hitting game, and you know what? You know what the problem was out there. All those Iowa fans were allowed to the, the rank and file fans were drinking alcohol for the first time. Yeah. Iowa fans are usually pretty nice, but they weren't. Uh, they weren't that. Ooh, day. They were. They were frothing that. Yeah, that they were night. venomous and nasty. Yeah. So, somebody asked me, by the way. Okay, I was coming to Beaver like, Stadium. We're like Rutgers fans. <laughs> oh, I said. Hey, hey. Did I? Say somebody that? asked me. Uh, uh, I was coming to Beaver Stadium. What should the theme of that game be? And I said, well, if it's not a whiteout, maybe it should be fake an injury night where everybody in the crowd's like wearing a fake cast or has like a fake bandage around their head. Wouldn't that be a fun atmosphere? Yeah, it'd be fun unless Iowa comes in and kicks their ass. <laughs> you have that stupid bandage on that, your head. That, is, that out is a possibility after that Illinois game that's the, that's the next week. Illinois will be physical. Illinois might not win, but then their first game back is Iowa, and they better be, they better strap it on, as Tom Allen said. It'll take a toll. Here's how you strap it on. (laughs) Not your helmets, gentlemen. (laughs) Jock straps. (laughs) One one last coach, and I I always look forward to what you say about, what you have to say about P.J. Fleck, but there was an air of seriousness that you tackled just with the – the whatever the report was that there was some kind of cult like atmosphere. Did you like, read that thing? Uh, I I only read your I, I saw of it and I read your assessment of it and I got yeah, it as, is like a, as usual. I I get my news from you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a Fox News viewer, then, right? Yeah, you depend on me. Yeah, um, uh, it was some startup website I'd never heard of, um, and uh, Front Office Sports. Have you ever heard of that? I, I, I had heard of it. Crane, crane business publications yeah. or something. I had heard of it. I don't know if it's a, if it's a star. It's, like, been, how, it's been on for two or three years, but yeah. I had never really heard of it, frankly. Yeah. And so, you so, know, there's, there's some, there's some allegations in it and they made them run as punishment for transgressions. And, you know, it's, 
It sounded like every football program I've ever covered, actually. Yeah. It certainly yeah. didn't rise to the level of Northwestern, and they were really pumping it as a scandalous, toxic atmosphere. But the one takeaway from the whole thing, which, which sounded amazing. completely believable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was was that the the strength and training coach who came from that that deranged guy at Iowa from under him and has been with PJ since Western Michigan? Um, he actually was stationed in in the locker room to make sure that everyone applauded when PJ came into the room, and you could absolutely believe that. And actually, that that PJ left when he didn't get enough applause and re-entered so they would do it right yeah yeah which completely tracks to me as the kids it, say it, it it does track to me too and i it, it's one of those it's one of those details where you're saying to yourself please god be true <laughs> please it doesn't be true. To, it, it you know it's true it just it just it just yeah makes sense yeah well it, it inspired me my, my wife's not home yet but i'm gonna have her start giving me a round of applause for mundane things I do around the house. Just get an applause sign, Dusty. Just put it up. It'd be the, it'd be the easiest thing, but then it's yeah. not genuine. Teach, teach the girls how to turn on the applause sign. That's the best way to go. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe that's the way. Well, you know, whenever he, he takes that or thing to such preposterous lengths that there's not a whole lot that he won't do, right? That's it. That's in that. Yeah. He's, yeah. you know, he trademarked it because Western oh, yeah. Michigan attempt, attempted to keep it. And he yeah. said, no, it's mine. Oh, and no. he took it with him to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> That's how important it is. Yeah, yeah. Row the boat. Yeah. Um, one last thing, and we're going on a we're going over an hour now, which we tried. What are we gonna do with this? Everyone's already left, man. You know I, what's great? We have somebody in on here. I don't have to worry about what we're doing with it because somebody else is doing it. <laughs> anyway, one last thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, James Franklin, can you appreciate the sentiment of saying that the quarterback battle is ongoing to say that nothing's going to be handed to say that, you know, you, you have an opportunity to earn whatever, even though it's laughable in a national context, it's laughable in a common sense context. Can you appreciate what he's doing with that? Uh, I do. And I will say this, and I don't think it's crazy. Usually it is laughable. This year, I don't necessarily think it is. Now, do I think Bo Perbilla is going to be the starter? No, I don't. I think Drew Aller is going to be the starter. But I think at some point, Drew Aller could get hurt. And I think if that happens and Bo Perbilla comes in, I'm ready for something strange to happen at the quarterback position where the kid from York all of a sudden becomes a pretty good quarterback. Because I hear, and and we've, we've seen very little. So I'm like De Niro going, I don't, I don't know. I hear things. I hear things. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think the, the, and it's not his fault, but I mean, Aller has gotten so much hype before he's even played an important down. If you throw out Purdue last year, it can be overwhelming. The ex- expectations, I don't think he's terribly mobile. And if he gets hurt, I think Prabilla could be, uh, he might be quite good. So we will see. We'll see. Yeah. It's well, there's going to be sp- plenty of time to speculate about what Bo can, can do, what he can't do. There's, yeah. you know, the, what you have this year where you didn't have last year is that you've got quarterbacks who have differing skill sets. So maybe you can utilize those in, in a, in a different way. You couldn't, 
you couldn't replace Sean Clipper with Drew Aller to give a different look because it's the same look, essentially. You can do right. that with Bo Capola. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, that's Dave Jones. This has been a long hour of talking about Big Ten coaches, but I think there's some good stuff in there at some point uh, here on the Blue White Breakdown. So you can check it out, Alexa, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, on penlive.com slash Football. You can check out everything Dave did, and I would recommend going to penlive.com slash Football and looking and reading through his assessment of these Big Ten coaches at the podium because there's a lot of good stuff in there too. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>